you know what time it is. I'm back, baby. It's time for the Show's Love Podcast. You know who I am and what I do. Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God, a.k.a. Harry Potter. And it's been a while, so I did what any smart person would do. I punched in a cheat code. I started a website. I wrote a Justin Robinson article. Damn near broke the website. The website literally emailed me and said, hey, you have a lot of traffic. Is this normal? Um, When I decided I want to start doing interviews, they made me do one for school. They were like, you have to get an athlete. Punched in the cheat code again. Went back to the well. Yo, Just, I need this for school. You can help me out. Turns out that I love interviewing. Like, you were the first one, and that was really there. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mammoth, oh, three-time, first-time All-Mac, mm-hmm. player of the year, two Gs at the D1 level, Lou Henson finally. Like, y'all know my boy's resume, Justin Robinson. What up? Ah, boy, big bro. What's the ditty? What's the word? Man, so like let, I'm gonna just call a spade. I called you a couple weeks ago and was like, "Do we have beef?" Like I thought that me and you had like a significant issue between us, and that's weird because we go back. Me so too. I was like, "Dang, we got a problem. That's crazy." But like I'm a I'm a real nigga. I'm gonna just call the person I have a problem with. So I called you, yo, Justin. Is there an issue between us? <laughs> And you were a little confused, I would say, right? Very confused, very confused. But so was I. That's how I felt. I felt hurt because since (laughs) you graduated, I have been, there might be other people, but I damn sure know I'm on the bus somewhere leading the Justin Robinson needs to play in the TBT during the summer bandwagon. I'm on the bus. I'd assume I'm driving it, but maybe there's somebody else who's been on you more than me. Like maybe yeah, Sparks. You, you definitely, you definitely driving the bus. Sparks, Sparks might be in the passenger seat though. So when like I when I opened up Facebook and I saw the Syracuse roster, like I was like, that's probably our Justin. But then I was like, well, there was a Justin Robinson that played at Virginia. That'd be weird for him to play. But you know what? I'm gonna just go directly to the website. So I go to the website. It's a picture of you. They're lying off rip and said you were 5'10". I said, oh, they're just going to lie right to my face. <laughs> so then I called you like, yo, what's good? And you were like, yo, it just happened. I don't even know how you knew. So walk us through how you got into the tournament and how you got with the Syracuse alumni team. So I, every summer I get asked, every single summer without fail. It never it never, it never fails. I always get asked. Um I've turned it down just because the the seasons in Europe be so long. Um, I'm already away from from the family, away from the house. So when I get to summertime, like if I'm hooping, I'll try to keep it local. Um, but um, last couple of years, last two years actually, um, I got a connection with uh, with Bayheim's Army, and my boy was like, "Yo, we might need a guard, be on standby." And the last two years, it kind of just like folded under the table. And this year, it hit me. It was like, "Yo." Be ready. I need to. Uh, I need your information in like forty-five minutes. I was like, "Damn, bro, I'm a little busy right now." But uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess I can make it work. Um, you know, do some uh, do some some good incentives in there. So made it happen. 
All right. So who's your connection on the Bayheims? Like who's the alumni that's like, yo, I know he's really not from Syracuse, but he's a New York guy. This is my man. He could really play. Like who's the plug? Uh, so Sean Belby. Um, he's from the Jersey Shore. Um, he was a walk-on there for four years up in Syracuse. Um, he's from the Jersey Shore. So, um, you know, he knows, like, my, my wife's family. Um, we we link up in the summertime every now and again. And um, he was actually on the team when we played up there in Syracuse. So he knows he knows the body of work, knows the resume. He's from um, the Monmouth area. Um, you're not going to find many point guards in the area better than better than I. So he was like, no, let's uh, let's make it happen. Yo, y'all hear y'all hear our boy talking his talk because he he tried to keep it low key professional and then lost it because he was like because you wanted to say he knows my body you didn't want to say he knows my body where you wanted to say look man he'd been seeing me in that Jersey Shore summer league he saw me when I was at mom like he know he knows the res he knows what's up he knows what's up nah but also congrats on the Hall of Fame in the Jersey Shore summer league appreciate you brother man. I should got a game game tonight, eight thirty. Gonna go. So All right. So, what, so you get the, you get the call. He's like, "I need your info in forty five minutes." You give the info. What's the next step? Can you get here in forty eight hours? Where is here, and where are you in relation to here? I was in Jersey. He was like, "Can you get to get to queue something uh, forty eight hours?" So, <laughs> get on Priceline. Look up the next the quickest flights and. Get on the plane because I wasn't making the push to go drive and then play. Um, so I was like, I'm just look on the flights and send them the flight info. I was like, hey, get you from the airport this time and you touch down and get to work. All right. I'm actually, you're doing me a favor by coming on the pod, but I'm actually going to do you a favor right now. Chat to me. Where did you guys play? You played in Syracuse. <laughs> explain why because you you know where you're from mm -hmm. and you know that we can all read so yep. the court is reading sienna mm -hmm. i got a lot i got a lot of a lot, a lot of questions everybody like, yo you said you was up in cues and, and, okay so i'm giving you a chance to explain that because i'm not the only one that was mad at you like, like locally, we were heated because you know we would pull up for you. Like, if it's an hour away, you know we would pull up. So I'm giving you a chance to explain how the tournament blundered or whatever, but I just want you to be able to clear your name. <laughs> so to this to this minute, I have no idea why they chose the Sienna floor um, when <laughs> we were – Literally ten minutes from from the dome, like we could have, they could have easily just used the Syracuse floor, because the Syracuse floor is not boarded to the ground. It's it pulls up because they play on the football field. Um, so I don't know why they didn't do that, but they chose not to. Maybe because it would have gave Bayhams Army a more of an advantage. I don't, I don't know. But they used the Sienna floor. Um, made me feel a little good because I could get a get a win on the Sienna floor uh, again. Because, um, you know, my last uh, interaction with that floor wasn't so great. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I have no idea why they chose the the Sienna floor. It, it made no sense to me because it's not like it's a, a close drive. Like No, it's a ride. But yeah, like, it's, like it's I a said, little push. It's a little I push. thought me and you were in beef. And then I thought the beef was over when you gave me the, yo, I play in Syracuse on Monday at 7. Information out, like, beef is over. Oh man, I saw that floor that looked like Times Union. I said it's beef all over again. 
He knows I would have drove the hour up there. Now it's beef <laughs> all over again. Now everybody hit me was like, yo, I thought you said you was in, uh, in, in Syracuse. I said, I can read a sign. I know where I'm at. <laughs> like, I don't know why they chose this floor. Ask them people. <laughs> nah, but I just wanted to give you a chance to clear your name because locally we was hot. We was like, like, like I had some theories. I was like, maybe he, he did just tell me that he just got with them. Maybe he doesn't know his role in the rotation. He don't want like the whole hood pulling up and he playing six minutes. I was like, he never really been a six minute dude, but maybe. So maybe that's why he told us it was Cuse and not Albany. Like, <laughs> they're just theories. I was like, he never really been a six minute dude. Like, and if he played six minutes, I would have loved to see six minutes of Justin in Albany. I still would have went. He should have just told me. <laughs> so you get up to Cuse, Cuse. <laughs> and you guys have your first game have you guys practiced or so, so they did when i was on the flight they was in practice um it was up there running um playing pickup and stuff like that um so when i got there i was just a fresh body but a couple of them already knew me so they, they knew what time it was just a matter of getting on the floor all right um so you come in in the first game and immediately do some things like um, there's another guard and he's sort of harassing you on the first possession. Like he might not know, like he was trying, he looked like he thought I can force a turnover here. And um, you kind of drive through him, draw a foul. And you guys started really slow that game. And like, you really did just pick up the tempo. You drew a foul. You had the and one, the scoop leg. Was that on purpose? Of course. Like, oh, if I'm going to get a bucket here, let me go with the signature? Well, let me go right to it. Get right to it. Um, so, yeah, uh, no, nah, little, little bro knows me, though. That's that's uh, that's Joel Santana's nephew. That's young okay, guy. Th so, who was your coach? Um, Ryan Blackwell. Ryan Blackwell was playing no games with him. Nah. It was amazing. Nah, we was right to it. We was right he to it. checked in, and, like, when I – like, you guys went – head hunting for him like oh this is where he is you set the screen get the switch like it was it was bad like he made like a tough uh runner at the end of the third that might have made him feel good but like anybody watching was like wow they have hunted him consistently from the minute he got in and they didn't hunt you like that but also watching your physical profile and his you're physically stockier than he is. He might have been a little bit taller than you, but he's like tall and long while you were like almost like a fire hydrant. It was, I probably wouldn't try and post him, but you guys just attacked him. Oh, yeah, we're right to it, right to it. We're not coming up here for no games. We're getting out this round and we're going to move on to the next. Um, but they tried, they tried to post him up on the other end, but like I know a bunch of those guys, they're all New York City guys, and it just doesn't work. Not all right, so you guys win that one. Who was the – so you got to know, know some players that you probably didn't know. Who really surprised you on your team? Like, like you know all these dudes go hoop, but who were you like, oh, he, he's better than I thought? Well, of course, the boy Grant Riller. Uh, boy gets to it. Um, you know, I watched him a little bit in college, but, um, you know, you think, like, mid-major, like, they just play up-tempo, they run and gun. Um, of course, you're going to get a lot of shots up, get a lot of points. But Grant Riller can really go, and <laughs> that boy can get to it. He was tough. 
Now, what's his, is he an alum from Cuse? No, he went to College of Charleston. That's what I thought. Yeah, he went to Charleston. Um, so, so that was like that. It was dope seeing you. Is that the first time you've played back in America, like outside of like summer leagues and stuff? Is that the first time since? Uh, yeah, that's the first league? time since. I mean, like pro am and stuff like that. But that's the first time, like under like a real, real whistle. Um, so it was cool, you know. Just figured like. They throw me the lob. Why not? Like, why not just take the opportunity to go hoop? Um, will we be seeing you in it again? Um, highly likely. Good, good. Highly likely. So you're like a five year pro at this point. Yo, I'm going into year seven, which is crazy. Yo, you're 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 a so you're a half decade plus in. What is what did the TBT's competition feel like? Was it closer to what you've done overseas? Was it closer to Mammoth? Was it a mix? Like, where would you rank that competition? Um, kind of like in the middle. I mean, we played, what, four games? And three of the games, it was mostly pros. Like, dudes I played against, dudes I've seen play. And so it was pretty much the same. But, um, you know, you take the opportunity to get them on some different soil, put them under a different a different light, you really see who who's about it and who's not. And how did you feel about your performance? Um, I did all right. You know, I did the first time in it. Um, didn't practice, didn't play with the guys yet. Just come off the bench, just come in and be productive in my, my opportunities. You know, I'm, I think I led the team in assists, like fifth on the team in minutes, sixth on the team in minutes, and say fourth or fifth in scoring. Like, Last and turnovers. It, it was a good summer. It's very solid summer. Um, all right. And who was the toughest dude you guys played against? Of course, John Elmore. Connor <laughs> Mace. Listen. He's John, just a dude that John doesn't look it. like he's supposed to kill you. And then he does. No, and then he does. And he Every single bond, every person, it doesn't matter who you are. He's going to kill you. He's going to. At some point during the game, it might it might happen early, it might happen late. And then when he's going, he's going to let you know about it. He Wait, talks, he's a talker? Oh, he talks big shit. <laughs> That's what makes it even funnier. Is he, he looks mad goofy. He's got a bad haircut. He talks big shit. Now... He's not athletic by the standards of that competition, but would you say he's probably a surprising athlete, or is it just all skill? No, he's not, he's not athletic at all. He's, he's he's super skilled. He honestly probably wears wears boot cut Wrangler jeans in, in his off time. Uh, he's he's, nice. he, he's gonna when he puts on them short the sneakers, he's gonna, he's gonna fry you. Nah, he he had he's somebody that's really used the tournament to catapult his celebrity almost like every summer i know that he's gonna be with the herd and i'm gonna be saying how is he getting these shots off like uh, forget making them how is he getting them to the rim and then the fact that they're going in is just uh, he's he's taking advantage of the platform for sure and i mean play with the herd that's what he went to school at marshall Scored like 2200 700 plus assists like he he's the man over there so he's gonna do whatever he wants he's one dribble across half he's letting it fly and if he buries it he's gonna be in your ear the whole way down the other end of the floor 
All right. So where will you be this summer? I mean, this uh, winter? I'm currently in the middle of negotiations as we speak. Okay. So we're, we're waiting on that. Yeah. Are you... Would you do summer league again? Um, situation would have to be right. Um, I'm not wasting two weeks in Vegas on the end of the bench. Um, oh, yeah, you'd want need, an opportunity. That I makes sense. I don't need to play forty minutes, but I need let me let me touch the floor. I mean, not be out there just getting splinters in in the blistering heat for two weeks. <laughs> All right, um, you are now a father. Crazy. How has that changed you? Um, added motivation. Definitely re relit the fuel, relit the fire. Um, but it's cool, you know. Just watching him crawl around, wake up, smile, make mad strange noises. <laughs> it's it's cool for real. It's probably the most rewarding thing that I've that's ever happened in my life. It's an amazing feeling, right? Yeah. Um I think that's oh no 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 no. Where uh where else are you playing besides uh Jersey Shore this summer? Um did Jersey Shore did the TBT. Um I had um a vet camp workout with the Jazz as soon as I got back. Um other than that, I've just been home chilling. Home chilling. Now what's an event camp with the Jazz? Break that down for us uninformed. Um so like it's like right before it's like right before pre-draft. Um and then so they bring in like the vets, like they're they're interested in to maybe bring in for summer league, maybe bring in for you know potential two way contract, exhibit tens, yada yada yada. Um, but it's it's invite only, obviously. And you come in, it was like maybe say maybe 30, 40 people. And depending on the team, you know, you'll work out or you'll just go hoop. Um and they just want to get to know you as a person, get to see you um up close and personal instead of just on film. And, you know, just evaluate your game and your personality up close and personal. All right. And that was, I'm sure, a fun experience. Yeah, it was a good little two-day experience. All right. What is your favorite overseas memory um, on and off the court? Mm. It's a great question. On the court. Um, a couple years ago when I was in Italy, we helped um, – we made it to like the the championship like the Italian Cup. That was the first time that that team had done it in I want to say like twelve years. Um, so that was cool. Um, let's see. I propelled us into into the playoffs when I was in Germany, and I came out to Justin Robinson chance uh, in the parking lot from the fans. That so, must have been surreal. That was super cool because they always say my name mad funny over there with a crazy accent. <laughs> so it was it was cool to hear that. Um, been in some hostile environments, seen some some flares in the in the stands. So is the overseas work? They always say that overseas the grind is so much harder than over here. By a million. Can you just break that down for us? Like me and Yosh have had this discussion a thousand times, and I can already hear him cursing me out if I release this and don't ask you. <laughs> so over here. Um, I played with Vince Edwards this past year, who was a draft pick, played with the Rockets when James Harden, Chris Paul, Melo, and all them were over there. 
So he was telling us about his league experiences. Um, I had Jawan Johnson on my team, who was – Yep, mm-hmm, this past year. Um, he was telling us about his league experiences, and he said they would literally walk into practice, sweatpants, slides, chains, earrings, walk around, maybe shoot some free throws, look at the scout report, and then go home. Um, and then if you were like a young dude, you would work out. And regardless, you were done for the day by like 11 o'clock. Um, just this past year in Europe, we had two days, twice a day, all year long. We were 9 a.m. to 12.30, one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, skill work, lifting, go home, lunch, come back to the gym at 5 o'clock, 5-on-5, film, running up and down the floor all day and day. And by... November, I was ready to ready to hang him up. You're exhausted. Physically, mentally, emotionally. So what do you do for your body? Actually, I want to go through all three. Now, what do you do for your body physically to stay prepared? Um, I live in live in the cold tub. Um, I've actually had to start stretching this past year, which is a big blow to the ego. Because I have are you a pre-stretch and post-workout stretch guy? Um, so I'm I'm just pre-stretch now, but um I feel in the in the coming years gonna have to be both, which okay. is a big blow to the ego because I was always a just step on the floor and get right to it type of guy. I yelled um, at Devon about that in over thirty a couple of years ago. These uh overseas seasons have been forcing me to get into the stretching thing. All um, right, and what do you do mentally? In the hot tub. Um, mentally, you know, uh, my wife keeps me in it, keeps me locked in a lot. Um. This constant reassurance that this is what I do, this is what I love to do. Um, when when I'm not in the gym, I actually like disconnect away from basketball. I don't play 2K. Um, I don't really watch much basketball unless like the team we play coming up is on, or, or I'm looking at like scouting reports. But other than that, I really do not watch basketball um, unless I see something on Instagram, like highlights and stuff like that. But when I'm over there, I disconnect as soon as I get out of the gym. Um, and just try and find uh, another purpose for the day. Hang on for one second. Yep. All right. My next question is there's a ton of debate, like just in basketball circles everywhere right now about the different, how important are live game reps, like playing pickup compared to just working out? I, I very, very rarely work out on air. Um, to me, it's just it's unrealistic. Um, at least, especially for my game, like I'm, I'm always getting pestered by somebody. Um, I'm seeing traps, double teams, um, different looks at defenses. So for me, doing moves on on air and against cones doesn't really do anything for me anymore. Uh, I mean, when I was in middle school, high school, and a little bit in college, like it made sense because you know you're trying to perfect your craft. Um, try and get it down. But like once you know, once you're a pro, like I mean, the distance to the basket hasn't really changed. Um, the rim doesn't move; it's still ten feet. The ball still bounces up and down. Um, I'd rather get live reps in and play against a defender because it's more, it's more realistic. So, just 
to clarify, you're not against working out. Like you're just not, you want a second player. So like you can, you'll work out one-on-one and stuff. You just don't want to be in there working against the cone, the chair. Wow. If I'm, if I'm on air, I'm too, taking catch and shoot jumpers and shooting free throws. But like I'm not making a million dribble moves at cones and chairs and jumping over stuff and I'm not doing that as the goofy antics. Like if no, I'm, no, you're if you're working out, you're working out with a partner in a competitive sense. Yeah, and at the end of every workout, we're playing once. We're playing once. Okay, so but that matters just because I just wanted to clear up. You're not against. You're not saying pickup is the only way to get better. What you're saying is you can't be in there playing against stationary objects at that level. You need yeah, to be pickup. Pickup's not the only way to get better, but it's it's the best way to get better. Uh, why, if if I can make a, a thousand moves like Kyrie on a chair, but it doesn't work in front of another human, I why? mean, if, why am I doing it on air? I should be practicing against it on another human because in the game, it's going to be against another human. <laughs> and I'm perfectly okay with that. And, and I understand, uh, like, some trainers make a point and say things like, hey, you're never going to, when you play pickup, you might not be getting enough reps or enough shots, which is true. That's on you. But at the same time, it's also how you get a feel for the game. Like I've seen like some of these kids have a million moves and I'm like, damn, you got a thousand moves in this workout. And then you're like, wait, why didn't you just outlet it up to you? They have no feel for the game. They yeah, can can't, only... make a, can't make a backdoor cut. Can't make a 45 degree cut to the basket. Don't know when yeah, no, they, they just know how to do the drill and what they've been taught. They're like almost like robots. And that's not the spirit of basketball. No, basketball is almost art. Yeah. You have to be able to read off the next man. You have to be able to make a decision in two seconds. You have to know what you're doing before you, before the ball gets to you, like in on air, that's it's useless. All right. Top five handles you've seen. Like ever or in person? In person. Because like I've seen, but like it came up because you were on and I was telling my girl, I was like, he's one of the three best ball handlers I've ever seen in real life. It's him, um, my boy Golden Thomas that I played with at Ulster and Rachel Coffee. Like the three of you, I'm like, uh, just just not them on the island. If we're going in person, I'm going Kyrie at one, Rachel Coffey at two, Hood Legend Jesse Canny at three. Jesse's a good one. Um, um who else had that had that ball on the string? Um Oh, I've Jordan. never seen him live, but your boy Jesse Jones can really handle yeah, it. Yeah, Jesse, Jesse can Jesse can get to it. Um, Jerome Randall, handled by Randall on Instagram. If you don't know, just from Cal. Take ten minutes of your day. No, 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 no. From Cal, but he was a mo- he could shoot it. That dude plays. Mm-hmm. But man, sham and cheese. Really? <laughs> <laughs> sham and cheese sandwiches. Oh man. Um and then five. Um probably Tay Fish. I mean, Tay get... really gets to it. I think you just yeah. lose it in like the it's because he can shoot the ball. Because he can yeah. shoot the ball, but like Tay probably should be higher on the list. I mean, you can't be a glow trotter without a without a handle on the ball. And I've seen Tay put together 
fast combos. Yeah, like in, like through the a, legs, double behind the back. It's a jumper. Yeah, st- stand on that island if you want to. It's a bad place to be. <laughs> You're gonna drown. <laughs> You're gonna drown. Do what you want, Gilligan. <laughs> All right, I know you got a busy day ahead of you. Um, you got anything else going on this summer? Anything you need to plug? Nah, just you know, getting ready to gear up for the season, find out where I'm going, continue into the dad life. Summer pro-am games tonight, and Michael get a 60 ball. The crazy thing is that that really be happening with you out there. <laughs> and just go get a 60 ball just because. All right, and then uh, plug your Instagram, but actually plug the Instagram that everybody really needs to follow, um, your wife's, because it is gold. The Full Court Wife is, it's just a good IG. For sure, at the Full Court Wife. You know, she she takes time and really sits down and really maps out, like, what happens outside of the lines for everybody, like, for the husband, the family, the kids, the wife, like it's a when you cross them waters, it's a it's a different grind. And no, for anybody fortunate enough to go through it, it's a it's a it's a good place to be. You know that she she really helps a lot of people. She gets questions all the time, and she really takes the time out of her day to make sure she answers everybody that asks her questions and for advice. Um, so it's a you know she'll always she'll always respond if you reach out. So Instagram at the full court wife. No, she was like that. Is it's just a good one. It's it's like a behind the scenes of not just what you're doing, but how it affects you and her and your family as a whole. It it's a brilliant concept. Yeah, you know, and you know, she's looking for something, something to do, and we kind of uh, kind of came up with it like together one day, and she said, "You know what? I'm gonna just dive in." You know, she she hit the ground running with it. I think she struck a little bit of gold too. She really did. Like, I'm happy for both of you guys. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. It was it was so fun getting to see you play on TV again. Like we like with the group chat lit up like, yo, Justin's on. Let's go. Like we were locked in. I told you we were all like, yo, we would have pulled up to uh, Albany. <laughs> Facts. So, TBT set you up. They they set you up to get yeah, you a couple of Yeah, as soon as I saw the court, I said, they're going to go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to go crazy. All right, bro. Thank you for your time. Guys, this has been Justin Robinson, a.k.a. Call Me Scoop. Seven-year pro, Mammoth legend, and now a TBT alum. Yes, sir. Shaw's Law Pod. Stay locked in. This has been the Shaw's Law Podcast. And like that, we out. No, he, he's definitely going to come through. Um, the big get for me, obviously, was Jim Beheim. That was super duper fly. He was right at our table he, he for did a lot sit, of the night. He, he did sit at our table, but I got him before I knew he was at our table. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all. Bitched right on up <laughs> when I got to. Um, m- 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 Mr. Beheim, I said it in such a meek, feeble voice. That like he was like texting in his phone and he almost didn't even look up because like the voice I used to speak to him was so timid. Like he, he looked up and was like, oh, you, you talking to me? And then I was like, hey, I have a podcast. Um, If I could just get a few seconds. 
when I tell you Jim Beheim gave me the, uh, I don't want you to tell a bad story about me on your little podcast, so I'll do it. He basically said, all right, yeah, yeah I got a few seconds. <clears throat> but it was super cool. I was really grateful. I learned some cool stuff with him. So with the other interviews um, I did, like it wasn't COVID six feet apart, but like we gave each other a little bit of space. And like, that's my first time doing stand-up interviews like that. I assume Jim Beheim is so used to doing them in the dome with 30,000 people screaming that he needs to be shoulder to shoulder with the reporter just in order to hear them. So that was something I immediately noticed. And actually, if you look at the video where I'm talking with uh, Leroy Witherspoon, you can like see space between us and then watch what it looks like with me and Beheim. We're shoulder to shoulder. That is because he, that was his level of professionalism. I bet you he didn't even think about it. He just instinctively it's did like it. like second nature to him. Um, I also learned that Jim Beheim is allergic to fish. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Um, the food was elegantly prepared. It looked good. It tasted like eh. white people eat. Yeah, yeah, but not me. Not my type of white people. It, it, it wasn't very seasoned. <laughs> But it was still a really good experience. It didn't take away from the event. You're not going to be like, oh, that event sucked because the food. Like, if you go to a bad wedding and the food's bad, like, you're like, oh, trash. For those that don't know, Allie was my camera woman for everything. And we went big. We brought the DSLR. We brought, um, we brought the small camcorder, which we didn't use a ton. But we also, um, I got some lavalier mics a long time ago, like as a graduation present to myself. Oh, do I love those suckers. Them little bitches get the job done. I liked them. I played around with them. No, no, those were super dope. They were fun. John Wallace was there. Um, AC Green. I tried to get AC Green. I, I took too long with AC Green, though. Like, I was like, hey... Mr. Green, it was AC Green and Spencer Haywood. I should have got both of them, but I just took too long. Like, cause they said they would do it, but I had waited so long that the actual event was starting and people were starting to talk. Actually, I even waited a little long for Bayheim because part of the reason he probably goes shoulder to shoulder with me is because they are doing the introductions. And if you listen mm -hmm. hard, you can hear it in the background. So I waited a little too long. Did you tell him about the guy that, uh, Helped you get people and kept bringing people over to you? Oh, so there was a gentleman at my table and we were setting up the cameras and just, just, just a friendly. nice introduced himself. His name, because I want to get his name. His name is uh, Richard Johns, I want to say. I know his last name is Johns. I wrote him a nice email saying thank you for everything. I have his business card. I'd assume, I'd hope that at some point we are going to get to do something together he was he's Clutch. the one who got me mr witherspoon um he got me a couple other people he was he just was networking you he was working the room for me and i just really appreciated that um he's a suny uh pot stand graduate as well um what else happened what did you like about the night um, I liked listening to the speeches. There were some that were just like, all right, you're talking a lot. But there were some that were really like, had great stories. I liked the female. I don't remember her name. Sheila Dixon. She Sheila was Dixon dope. smoked her she speech. She was dope. 
I liked her. I liked that she was the only woman there. Like, I don't know if they only induct one woman a year. They try and but induct I really at liked, least one woman a year. Yeah, I liked hers. Um, I thought John Wallace did a really good yeah, job. Mm-hmm. Um, Terrell Harris, Tobias's, Tobias Harris's father, was the big um, honoree of the night. Like, they're all getting inducted, but the... William Kramer Award is the, I'm sorry, the Barry Kramer Award is the big standout award of the night. And that was for Terrell Harris, Tobias Harris's dad. Um, Tobias Harris was on the scene. <laughs> and what happened? Hey, Tobias, I got a small podcast I'm trying to grow. Do you want to just give me like a quick 30 <laughs> seconds on your pops? Son looked me cold in my face and was like, Nah, I ain't really trying to do no interviews. And I just had to respect that because, like, the the way he said it, I do feel like if I would have pressed him, I could have got him. But I don't want to – if you want to do it, do it. But, like, don't feel pressured or obligated. Like, I almost told Jim Beheim no. Like, hey, it's cool. But he was willing to do it. But, like, once again, I felt Beheim's body language like, oh, shit. He just wanted to be regular for the night. And then uh, – and, like, to, to that point, uh, Beheim did sit with us at our table, but after he introduced the two Syracuse players um, that were going into the hall, he got up out of there. He was gone. But Tobias Harris just was like, nah, I'm not really trying to do no interviews. And that was that. And I came back to Allie, and Allie was like, let me go talk to him. <laughs> no. Because I don't want him doing an interview off the strength of thinking he's going to sleep with my girl. No. He's extra cool on that. I'm I just good. thought I could put a little sauce on it for you. Yeah, that sauce is called breastesis. It's not. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he was... His dad's speech, like, this could be controversial, but it was underwhelming for me. I wanted more. What did you It was almost of? like he was too big and, like, it was just a very quick, brief speech. Like... There were some that had, like, all right, you're going to make fun of me if I get this analogy. Like, the meat and potatoes in it. There were some good stories. It was, like, thick, like, I thought heart. he had good stories. He talked about uh, playing junior college ball and... I felt like it was so short, though. Like, it felt like it was very brief. Well, no, the, well that's true. Uh, Rennie didn't have to go up there and tell you know, Terrell to come off. There he were only a had to do that, bit. too. That, uh, he had to do one Sheila coach Dixon and that, girl. And that but she, Sheila was smoking hers. She could have stayed up there all night. I would she to was her. talking. She talked about um, how basketball was only an avenue for education for her as a woman. Yeah, and she's probably in her late thirties, right? Probably. It's not too far removed from when it was only an avenue towards education. Like, for the guys in that room that were the same age, maybe the NBA wasn't plausible. Like, wasn't something that they did, but it was an avenue for them. Like, John Wallace played in the NBA. Um, Roosevelt Bowie, the other Syracuse gentleman who went in, who was actually that our was first interview. Guy, right? yeah. He was our first was interview cool. of the night. I haven't put that one out yet. He's so tall, we cut off the top of his head I in the I really video. tried hard to get it. Well, I would have been like talking to it. We didn't have enough space. Yeah. We needed to back the cameras I out. I tilted it back too, but it wasn't enough. <clears throat> no, but he was great. Overall, it was a really fun experience. Allie made a cool um, TikTok slash reel about it. Like we're, we're walking in with the camera and all that. It was, 
It was a special event. I mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Allie said she had ideas for if we went back next year, how to do things differently. We haven't talked about these in real life, so I'm going to let her spew them on the pod. Well, I feel like now we know the setup. Now we know where to set up your camera. I think you go in with a plan of like, all right, I know who's here and I know who I want to get. Because I felt like we were overwhelmed with all the people coming in that we were just like, all right, let's try and grab them. Let's try and grab them. That like next time, either we're going to go grab like a bunch of people's families and try and get their them to talk on the inductees or you go for like the bigger names that are getting inducted. And if you get a no, you get a no. Then you move on to the next one. But you will be set up with the cameras. We'll be ready to go with what you need. Well, I think next year we'd like to get there a little bit earlier. And right? I think that I would also clip some more on my phone so that I could take different, not angles, but I feel like I could do different things with your content than you could post the interviews, but I could make like, you know how I did a mashup Behind of the, the day. Yeah. Things. Um, other things I learned the, that weren't like basketball related, just like running an event. Mm-hmm. I thought... Um, Everything was meticulously timed out, but I thought the order was so important. Oh, it was so smart. It was so smart. Like the order of the inductees. Like I'd assume the two, John Wallace and uh, Roosevelt Bowie, I assume they needed to go relatively early because Jim Beheim is probably the biggest name in the building. Probably. You don't think Tobias's dad was? Tobias's dad is the biggest honoree. But you don't I think say, his name was bigger? Tobias Harris than Jim Beheim? No. Okay. No, Jim Beheim is the biggest dude. And that's probably why okay. they did those Syracuse guys early because he was like, of course I'll come do this, but I want to be able to get the fuck out of there. You know who? what I also put together when we were there? The woman who emceed it mm-hmm. works for Yes Network. Does so she? I recognized her voice. Couldn't put a Nancy something. Okay, they did talk about because she... Um, if Rennie wasn't introducing people and they weren't getting like a special she introduction, the Yankee stuff. she did the rest. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say or we should tell them about it? I just thought it was a really good event. Like he runs, what does he do? The hockey? He does. The baseball? Yeah, he does baseball, basketball, hockey, and football maybe? I didn't hear football. No, 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 it's three. He does... He does three. He does basketball, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Yeah. So he devotes um, about four months to each one, and that's mm-hmm. his year. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He was very personable. He came up to pretty much everyone. He he ran a good show. All right. It is May 1st. Once again, I am blaming my lack of a voice on this. Last month was April, and April is Occupational Therapist Month, and that is what Allie does um, when she's not my camera woman slash assistant. <laughs> so for those that don't know, can you tell them what occupational therapy is? Yeah. So just vaguely, occupational therapy is a rehabilitation process that uses a medical model, holistic model, and you combine all of that to rehab a person of pretty much any age. We work with infants all the way up to elderly people, and we focus on certain parts of their life to get them back into independence it's like functionality and all the things that people enjoy we work on getting them back to full health um we're really different than pts pts are more of like the i don't know how to say this um it's much more of like 
the if you think about PTs, it's like the sports, you're rehabbing an ACL, like things like that, where we're definitely a different um, perspective and we're just a different type of therapist. No shade. So what is an activity you might do with a child? Well, OK, what? Let's start with children. You do early intervention. Uh-huh. Um, what classifies a child that they might need um, early intervention OT services? So for kids, it's so much different than elderly or adults. And I work with kids, so kids is a lot more easier to talk about. Um, so for EI, any sort of delay in fine motor skills. Um, such as? Such as not picking up a utensil, not being able to cross midline, not being able to... Um, motor plan to okay, get from point A to point B. You guys have used motor plan. Like, <laughs> there's a bunch of OTs in our at our job, and they. I don't know if everybody knows what motor planning is. I, you guys say it so we much. We talk in such a lingo that it's I have so to hard look to step it out of it. Because, like, when I'm like sitting in the room with you guys, you guys talk about it so much. Like, and you say it so casually. I was like, oh, I'll look this up because I don't want to ask the room because it feels dumb to ask the room. So. I'll ask for the listeners, what is motor planning? So there's two examples I can give you. Say you show someone a yoga pose, being able to get in that yoga pose would be a motor plan. Like if you can't, if you're trying to go into down dog, like say you can't go right down into that position, that's a motor planning difficulty. You see that in like older kids or adults. Um, Another example is if you're trying to get from point A to point B and there's obstacles in your way, can you maneuver them? Can you walk over them? Are you aware of them? Things like that. Okay. Um, So a good one is we have smaller children and like they ride tricycles in the hallway. And if like there are people in the hallway, the kids that can really motor plan will drive right up to you and swerve out the way. And that is like what my mind immediately goes to when I think of motor planning now that I know what it is. Mm -hmm. So like in EI, a lot of my kids are on for feeding or on for sensory needs. Like a big part of what I do is sensory, like developing their sensory systems to regulate themselves. So like we can regulate ourselves quite easily because we've learned that our systems are all neurotypical, but some kids have a difficult time and need a little bit more assistance. And that's where we come in. There's a lot of different things you do, and it's really cool. So that is our little quick segment on the basketball, the New York State Basketball Hall of Fame, as well as OT. Allie, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. This has been the Shaw's Law Podcast. And like that, we out. <laughs>